hire your crew and hire your cast and hire the most talented, devoted, loyal, awesome, fun, patient people as well, if you can put them in the right mindset and let them do what they do best, you'll get something amazing. Listening to Inside Acting, a podcast dedicated to demystifying the inner and outer game of success in the entertainment industry. I'm Trevor Algott, and coming up in episode 290 today, part two of my updated conversation with director, animator, cartoonist, and podcast pioneer Doug Dugtoons Bressler, in which we talk about uh, balancing long-term and short-term thinking and planning. We talk about stunt casting and leveraging your network of contacts to market your work. Uh, The immense power of asking, just simply asking for stuff, and, and a whole lot more. So stay with us. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you in part by Rehearsal Pro, the essential app for actors, which is now available in a brand new version in the iTunes App Store. So if you want to learn your lines, if you want to be off book for your auditions, if you want to explore your character, make really strong choices and do a whole lot more, go to Rehearsal.pro slash IAP right now where you can learn all about the great new features in this newest version of Rehearsal, the groundbreaking app designed by actors for actors actors and download it for yourself. It's an essential tool that every actor should have in their toolbox. That's rehearsal.pro slash IAP. Support for this episode of Inside Acting is brought to you by printheadshots.com, superior headshot printing. At printheadshots.com, all orders include free shipping, free retouching, free layouts, free proofs, and no hidden fees. You don't pay a dime until you approve your proofs. And you can use promo code IA, that's IA as in Inside Acting, to get $10 off your order. Most orders arrive within just a day or two. So for superior printed headshots with unparalleled turnaround time, visit printheadshots.com and be sure to use promo code IA for $10 off. Printheadshots.com, superior headshots at the lowest prices guaranteed. So hey guys, Trev here. Uh, Short and sweet today. I am tucked away in a secluded corner of a building in Culver City. Uh, I'm just recording this on my own, on my iPhone, as you can probably tell, because we wanted to get this episode to you guys sooner rather than later. And AJ and I couldn't link up, so he sent in a pre-recorded segment that I'll just go ahead and play right right away, just, uh, just to get right to it. So here it is. Hey guys, it's AJ... Coming in hot. Um, wow, wow, wow. What a crazy couple of weeks it has been. You know, I have so much respect for the actors who just put in the work. You know, like so many of us are out there working a full time job, sometimes more. You know, uh, I think you've all heard me talk about the fact that I have a yeah, a full-time job, a part-time job where Trevor and I work at the theater, uh, this podcast, and then, you know, it's like, where does the, <clears throat> where does the world of acting sort of fit into that, and, and, and how much time and space and love do I give it, energy do I give it, so that it has, you know, the, what it needs to grow, because sometimes I feel like I, I don't give it you know, enough energy to grow. And then these opportunities come up and either I don't feel ready for them or if I do feel ready for them, it's like, man, I I, I, I question whether or not I should actually follow through with that opportunity as opposed to, um, you know, turning it down so that I can stay in the good graces of slash keep my thrival job. It's the age-old question. We've been asking it on the podcast for years. But, you know, I got to spend a day on set just the other day. <clears throat> I was shooting my short scene in um, in this 
feature film that I booked. And it was a lot of hurry up and wait, as most sets are wont to do. But I had a great time. The crew was really nice. The lead actors who were uh, who I was in the scene with were really nice, and it was an it was just an awesome experience. Really chill, and everyone was there to tell a story. So you know that always feels good being on set, being in that sort of collaborative environment, regardless of how big or small the part is, or you know what have you. And I've had, you know, besides that, a lot of audition opportunities, meetings uh, happening. And so between, you know, time spent on set and those, and then as I was mentioning before, the thrival job thing, that's why I've sort of been feeling this, um, you know, this interesting pull uh, sort of in both directions and, and almost this fear of like, oh, am I going to start to, it's this weird feeling where you're like, am I going to book this thing that's going to compromise my thrival job, and if I do, should I take it, and what is that going to mean for my thrival job uh, moving forward? So it's just been on my mind a lot lately, and I know it's something that we deal with regularly, so I thought I'd... uh, bring it up and you know would love to hear your thoughts on that i uh i I love how aj is always just making it work man guy's a hustler he is a hustler um and i'm i'm reminded of the saying i think it was peter drucker who's kind of a uh, semi-famous he's pretty famous depending on you know what circles you run in but uh passed away not too long ago but he is uh a sort of a, a business uh, philosophy guru, and he said, uh, or maybe it was Stephen Covey. Anyway, I'll get to the quote. Time management is a misnomer. It's actually self-management. So time, uh, the idea that you can manage time is completely false. It's all about managing yourself. And uh, I've been listening to this audiobook recently where it talks about really self-management being sort of like the sun, a um, like a planetary system because everything revolves around that everything revolves around how well you are able to manage yourself and your energy and it's just cool every week to see aj continuing to get better and better and better at that so that's it for uh this segment of the podcast let's go ahead and jump right into part two of my updated chat with doug Really, really enjoyed talking with him, guys. And I think uh, especially if you are uh, a content creator of any kind, whether you're just a blogger or just a tweeter or Instagrammer, or you've got a full-on web series or a film production company or whatever it is, I think you'll get a lot out of this conversation. So enjoy this and uh, talk to you on the other side. pick your brain because I know you as somebody who is just like, to me, you're like a bottomless well of ideas and characters. I mean, you have so many iconic characters that you've either created and or worked with over the years. Uh, the the two that kind of come to mind are LB Rain, which I know you created <laughs> with your brother, uh, but also um, Todd, is it Todd Grundle? Brundle, yeah. Uh, Brundle. Brundle. Todd yeah. Brundle. You've got this animated character named Todd Brundle and a series of, of cartoons about him. And so when you're – and then you've got Video Game Life, which is a very unique idea. You said you've been sort of working on that for a while. But you've got a lot of neat sort of branding ideas. And, and like how do you come up with these things? And how do you know when you've hit on something that's a, that's a good idea? Well, first of all, thank you for the compliment, Trev. Um, I don't – you know, as, as with any of us, I, I don't feel like I – I'm as creative as I could be, but um, it takes time to make something. And, you know, it's, it takes, it takes a long time to get inspiration for a new character, a new idea. And for me, it, 
it honestly is one of those things where I don't, I can't will it to happen. It just has to happen naturally. And it has to happen from an experience in my life. Uh, and I hate to say it, most of my ideas come when I am in the shower. <laughs> that's, that's really common. That's really common. And when I'm running. So those, yeah, it's when yeah. my brain is being stimulated in some, some physical way. Uh, it's in the shower. And it's in both cases, I have nothing to write on. So it's the most frustrating thing ever because <laughs> yeah. I'll be running and I don't have my – I can't just like text and run. It just doesn't work that way. So I have to be like, oh, remember, 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 you know. Yeah. There's actual neuroscience to back up why that happens. I Don't ask me to explain it, but I remember reading about why the brain kind of goes to those places when you're doing sort of habitualized, routinized things like showering or washing the dishes or, or running, repetitive things are usually the, the, the sort of birthplace of, of novel ideas. It's interesting how that works. And, of course, like you said, it's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it, what I think is key, the sort of key takeaway there is that these things happen when you release your brain from the pressure of having to come up with something. Right. So yeah. for you, for you, is it, is it, do you actually, when you're, you know, you're a very creative person, do you specifically build time into your schedule where you're like, okay, hands off, like I'm giving my brain a rest. I'm just going to go live the rest of my life and, and just unplug and let my brain chill out for a bit. I would like to say yes. Um, but it depends on, I guess, where I'm in, where I'm at in my life. You know, it's like, sometimes I feel very creative, very motivated. And other times I feel like I don't feel that way. And I just, I think it's those times where I, I think, I think that not being productive in some way is, it hurts me. It's painful. Like when I'm not producing something, even, even if it's meaningless, even if it's like a little cartoon doesn't mean anything. And I know it's not going to do, uh, you know, get a lot of views or whatever. You know, it's I have to be making something. I don't know what the reason is behind it. But when I'm not productive, I'm very unhappy and I'm miserable. I'm bummed out. And I, I just that's there's no explanation for that. And, so, and yet that seems to be when some of these ideas find you. Yeah. And, and I think that when I say productive, I mean, whether it's working on creating something or working on myself. So working on improving myself in some way, learning something, um, you know, exercising, uh, finding nutritional stuff that will help my health, you know, something, something that's a step in the right direction. Um, so I guess, you know, we're talking about those changes and evolutions. I think that another thing other than trying to battle the ego and get rid of the ego, uh, a big part of the change I've experienced is long-term thinking versus short-term thinking. And I think when I was a kid, everything was short-term thinking. Oh, I want to be a, you know, I, I want to be a successful animator. It's going to happen overnight, <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm going to, I want this this food, I'm just going to order delivery. You know, I'm going to get it right now. You know, instant gratification, instant gratification. And as I've gotten older, I've shifted my thinking into long-term uh, thinking, which is a little bit now for something greater later. And um, I'm sure you've read it already, but there's a great book that I read called The Slight Edge. Have you read it? Oh, yeah. A couple times. Oh, yeah. Really I read it a couple book. times, too. But that is a, it's so simple. It's such a simple idea. And that's the wonderful thing about life is that most, most brilliant things are simple. It's, uh, it has the, it has a right all on in the title, the slight edge. That's the thing. It's a little bit now chipping away for something much greater, uh, later. And if, if you can, for me, at least what I believe is if you can adopt that mentality, which is, you know, everybody that you talk to, oh, you got to live your life now. You got to blow all your money. You got to blah, 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 you know, that kind of attitude. No, I don't agree with that. I think that there's a balance. And the balance is a little bit now for a little bit later and enjoy yourself now. 
you can't have the 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 you know the um, balance off off center. You know, it it has to be right in the middle. You have to have a little bit of forward thinking and a little bit of now thinking. So shifting from the instant gratification, short-term thinking mentality to the long-term. So I guess that has shaped my creativity as well in terms of coming up with ideas because I don't, now I'm thinking more about ideas that I can grow and build as opposed to, oh, you know, that would be kind of a funny idea. And then just, you know, and then it's done, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. So you look for longevity with the idea as yes. well, not just novelty. It's just like investing with the stock market. You want to invest in a company that you know is going to grow. It's the same thing with ideas and creative projects. I mean, I don't want to waste time on something that's a one and done, you know, unless it's a very, very large check. And then I can use that check to make to build something that's much bigger. So, but that in itself is thinking about the future. So, so it's, it's, it's me, I guess, shifting into that future thinking. Um, I think I've done enough shows and commission projects to know that, you know, once the project's over, it's over. <laughs> and then you have to find something new. So you can't just live project to project it has to be this continuous stream of oh okay i'm going to do this and then i'm going to do this and then i'm going to do this and then i'm going to do that because that's the that's what you want to do right you want to be working all the time so you know you were talking a little bit earlier about the different ways to go about sort of putting yourself on the map and you said one way to do it is to make a pilot and i'm i'm thinking specifically of the sort of diy actor out here listening to the, to this interview rather than the actor who's specifically focused on becoming a, a talent for hire mm-hmm. so the the content creators that are listening or the people that have an interest in exploring that so if making a pilot is one way to go about it and a lot of actors have done that but we live in such a different climate where you have entire networks putting shows on Snapchat. What are some other ways that actors with an idea might be able to create content and put themselves on the map that isn't the traditional pilot route? So not creating a pilot and then pitching that, you're saying? So like creating your own show? I, I guess. I mean, uh, maybe. Yeah, like creating – like if let's say I'm an actor and I've got an idea for uh, something – and it could be a web series, but we all know how many crappy web series are out mm-hmm. there and how often they don't go anywhere. Yes. It could be a podcast. It could be a pilot. It could be a short film. It could be a series. Like, w- w- What are some options in your estimation given this completely new and ever-changing technical landscape? I mean, I, I, people are making web series for Instagram now. <laughs> and, and Snapchat's got major networks creating stuff for it. So, so what are your thoughts on avenues actors might be able to explore well the if you were to create a pilot and even if it was extremely polished and really really good or create you know an entire series of a show uh, by yourself with your own money and then you were just kind of put put it out there it's basically like buying a lottery ticket i mean the odds of the show becoming successful are one in a gazillion Actually, it's it's not as bad as the lottery, but it's pretty close, you know, because people aren't going to go watch it because they don't care. They don't care yet. And why should they care when everybody is screaming for their attention? Why should they care about your show, even if it's brilliant? It's not going to be seen by one person and that one person is going to share it and then that person's going to share it. It just doesn't happen like that anymore. The show has to be something that is so relatable and so brilliant that it basically reaches through the screen and tells this person, I, you know, this show is your life for them to share it and then that other person to share it and that other person to share it. So that is so rare. So what's the answer then, right? Because you don't want to just put your stuff out there and then have it clobbered by the the huge, massive ocean of content. Well, you have to make people care. How do you make people care? Well, there's a couple of tricks that people have been doing since the beginning, since the dawn of 
of entertainment business, and that is stunt casting. And basically casting people that people care about. So a big celebrity, a big name, something that somebody that has a following that people care about and that would blindly follow that person wherever they lead them. And so not only do you have to find somebody that has that type of following, but you have to have somebody that is so excited about your project that they will post your project on every social media site that they subscribe to or that they have, that they have an audience in. So not only do they, you have to have them in there, but they have to share it, share it, share it, share it and say, hey, guys, this is the new cool. This is the new thing. So that all of their followers will then be given permission to think that it's cool. To care. Yeah. To care because yeah. they're not going to care unless you make them care. And and you speak from experience with this because I remember one of the first projects you did was you partnered with Ask a Ninja, which at the time was like one of the most popular shows or YouTube series or whatever you want to call it out there. And then shortly thereafter, you uh, partnered with Weird Al Yankovic and did uh, some really great cartoons with him. Then he ended up being in some of your LB Rain music videos. And so you're you're familiar with this uh, strategy, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yes. And I would say that 99% of all of the opportunities that I've gotten are organic. There's only 1% of something that I did that be that could be considered cheating. <laughs> and I'll tell you exactly what it is. So when I was working at Apple, and this is probably a couple of weeks after that conversation that we had when I was looking at and saying, how do I make money with my podcast? I had an idea and I said, you know what? I work at Apple, right? Shouldn't I have some kind of advantage to get my show seen because I'm on the podcast directory? And so I wrote an email. I wrote an email to one of the higher ups. And I asked a simple question. I said, hey, I work for Apple. Can you, um, can you tell me who manages the, the Apple podcast directory? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure. It's this guy. And they sent me his contact information. And I said, oh, my God, should I do this? Am I going to get fired? So I kind of just crossed my fingers. I wrote a really sweet email. I said, hey, I am an employee of Apple, and I'm a big fan of all the products, of all the services. I have a podcast on the Apple Store, and if there's any way that I could get featured, that would be amazing. And I and I thought that, you know, if this were to, to work, that they would put my, you know, ad on maybe like a small square somewhere, and I maybe get a little boost in traffic. So I got an email back from a really nice guy. Uh, I don't want to name his name, but he was the head guy in charge of the podcast directory, and he said. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. We'll feature you next week. <laughs> and I said, I remember, I remember this happening too. Yeah. And I said, uh, okay, thank you so much. That's so great. And so, you know, I kind of like every day, check the podcast directory. Sure enough, next week, the biggest square that you could ever see on the very top, right next to Dave Chappelle's podcast <laughs> was my dinky little homegrown podcast, Duke Tunes. Uh, right there in that square, and that stayed up there for like four or five days. And I got so much traffic from that one move that it basically gave me enough clout to reach out to the Ask an Ninja guys and say, hey, guys, my podcast just got featured. Why don't we collaborate? And that started everything. So God, that's so, so smart. And it's such a timeless principle, too. Just ask. What have you yeah. got to lose just by yeah. asking? I don't think I, I don't, it's not technically cheating, is it? I don't think so. I think it's a very intelligent use of your resources. Yeah, I guess. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe it's not, but everything else that I ever did was through, um, you know, not taking advantage of my position because I didn't, after, after that, I, I left Apple and, you know, I think it was a, a year later because of other opportunities and it was just based off of one project leading to another project leading to another project leading to another project. So it was the kickstart that I needed to kind of get the opportunity which led to, you know, this chain reaction of all these other opportunities. 
what are you working on now besides video game life, besides the Snapchat um, um, show, uh, and besides Animation Ninja? What, what's, what's on your plate? Oh, boy. All of these things really take up most of my time. Um, I am work. I'm just, you know, constantly brainstorming, constantly trying to figure out uh, any fun things that I can... Well, let's see. Just recently... Uh, I collaborated with uh, a really, really cool guy, Ben Giroux, who is very talented director and actor. And he made a video called Back to the 90s, which ended up going viral. And I worked on that video um, kind of as a as a I would say a favor. But I, I he pitched it to me and I watched what he had put together from the videos, you know, up to that point, and I was like, I got to be part of this. So uh, I I helped him and created a little animated segment for it. And the video just, it did far exceeded what anybody expected it would do. I mean, uh, it got 60 million views in like, yeah, in like uh, a week or something. So it's still doing very well, and it's led to many more opportunities for Ben and I'm very happy. I've known him for a while. Super cool guy. And if you ever get a chance to work with him, it's uh, there's nothing but good stuff that will come with that because uh, the guy's a vision. He's very, very talented. Speaking of collaboration, um, you have a long time ago you made the jump from working in animation to working with live action actors. You know, uh, full on filmmaking almost. What has that transition been like for you? What What are some lessons that you may have uh, learned, whether they were um, easy to learn or maybe more difficult to learn? A thing about um, working with people in live action is that it's it's not as calculated. Everything is you got to kind of have to make stuff up, stuff up on the spot. You think very very fast, um, and then also be very decisive at the same time. So. Um, and very patient and very kind and and you know you strive to be all of these things um, at the same time and it's so it's very challenging because you know not everything goes right a lot of things go wrong so it really tests your patience and so you have to remain kind and remain upbeat and optimistic and patient and all of these things um, I think that that's the whole point of creating art is to have joy when you're doing it. Um, I, I was never one of those people that wanted to be the guy that told everybody what to do on set. I just don't like that mentality. I don't like that attitude. I don't like that, like, Napoleon thing. It just doesn't, you know, it doesn't ring true with me. I think... I think the key for working in any collaborative project is to cast well and, you know, hire your crew and hire your cast and hire the most talented, devoted, loyal, um, awesome, fun, um, you know, patient people as well. And if you hire all the right people, you don't really have to do a lot of work because if you can put them in the right mindset, and let them do what they do best, you'll get something amazing. You just have to guide them. That's it. You don't have to tell them what to do. You don't have to line read anybody. Ugh, I hate that. I hate line reading. It's horrible. No, <laughs> but say it like this. That, yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's that's the wonderful thing about creating stuff in live action is just putting people in the right mindset and letting them do what they're good at doing. And um, and if you do that and you have mostly hands-off mentality, um, you know, then again, sometimes you run into trouble and somebody's not, it's just not a right fit, but that's because you cast wrong. So you have to cast well and you have to cast people that fit. And if you do that, then it's not a hard job at all. And when you when when you use the word casting, uh, you're not just talking about actors. You're talking about your crew and Absolutely. everybody that you work with as well. Absolutely. And um, I found that integrity is number one. 
right? That's the very, very first thing that I look for when I want to work with somebody. And it's that they will do what they say they're going to do. And the minute that they don't do that, I have to just say, thank you. It was very nice working with you. Goodbye. Uh, there's, it's, if you don't have integrity, you don't have anything. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care if you've got a gazillion, trillion subscribers. If you can't trust somebody, what, what difference does it make, right? So that's number one. And then patience and kindness and good attitude and just all those other things come next. And so um, when you're hiring people, you just have to kind of, you know, reputation is everything. You ask people, have you worked with this person? You know, are they cool? And you have to ask people that you trust, you know, because it can't be somebody that just wants to get the other person the job either, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's – you ask you're close. If, if you first – that's kind of where I go to when I want to work with people that I, I, I know that will do a great job and will have a great attitude. I just go to my close friends and I say, who have you worked with that you've really enjoyed working with? And then I get all these great references. Um, Kimberly Fox, amazing person. She has been an amazing uh, resource for, you know, all the LBRAIN projects. Uh, I can't recommend her enough for anything. She's a great actress, and she was a great producer. So Yeah, she's a hustler, man. She yeah, is. She gets, she's she gets stuff awesome, done. Awesome, awesome. And she kicks ass, too, if you watch her stunt, her stunt yeah. stuff. She's, yeah, she's quite athletic. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, I, I want to point out one more thing that you're probably going to be too modest to mention if you're even thinking of it. But when I have worked with you on these various videos, and especially in the Terminator video, what I saw you uh, exemplify and really live, which was such a wonderful thing being in, in my position, in my role on that project uh, as, as an actor, was, uh, I don't want to lose anybody here, but emotional leadership. And what I mean by that is there were a lot of people that were obviously like you guys just were everybody worked so well together on that shoot. I, I thought if there were any like hiccups or problems, th I didn't notice them except that there were a few shots that that took longer than you had expected. But every single time that something remotely didn't go the way you had planned it, I saw you as a very patient and uh, gentle sort of like, eh, well, you know, that's how it goes. Let's let's just sort of improvise <laughs> here. And and I remember I was waiting out in the lobby at the YouTube space and things were going behind and you 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 came out like repeatedly just to say hi to me and like check on me and like see how I was doing and if I needed anything. And I was like, hey, you know, we're friends, but I, I know you're busy with stuff. Like you didn't have to come do that. And, and you, you did it with everybody on that project that was waiting around. Nobody went longer than like an hour or two without you checking in with them personally and saying, how you doing? Sorry about this. I promise we're, get, we're getting things rolling. Help yourself to a burrito over there or whatever it was. Like, <laughs> that, And that's that's emotional leadership. That sets the tone on a film set. And you hear stories about directors and people that are working on film sets that throw tantrums and then the, everything just gets so tense. And But if you have somebody in the driver's seat, you know, sort of in the cockpit there, that is just like, guys, it's cool. We got this. Like, we may be a little behind or maybe we're not, but it's it's going to be cool. We're all having a good time. I trust all of you. <laughs> like, let's let's just have a good time with this. And I, that was so awesome. And I just wanted to, to point that out because anybody in any role on a project can can take that on, can take on that emotional leadership and set that tone on set. And um, sometimes what we need is somebody else to show us what it looks like. And I think, in my experience, you have always done that uh, beautifully. Oh, so thank you, Trev. Thank, well, thank, well thank, thank you for showing us what that looks like. And I, I hope that listeners listening... Um, see more of your work and can start to sort of look beneath the surface and see that energy uh, that you bring to your projects. Because even in your animated stuff, that energy is still there. You're like, oh, that, I completely trust this guy as a professional, somebody who gets you know things done and doesn't like create tension around well, the process. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you, Trevor. And I, I think that um, I think you know. I'll, let me refer to a an upcoming episode of Video Game Life. Where I asked uh, one of my guests, his name is uh, Dave Baker, really, really talented comic book artist. I asked, um, you know, what, something about what was the most important thing, and he said empathy. And he said, if you don't have empathy, you have you have nothing. And I'm going to add that to integrity, right? So, not only do you 
have to do what you say you're going to do, but you have to be able to put yourself out of your own shoes and look at somebody else and say, how are they feeling or how would I feel if I were in their position? And in terms of, you know, looking at people waiting around, you know, I just want, I know that if I was put in that position, I'd be like, what's going on here? You know, I'm, I'm you know, I just want to, I'm, I feel confused. I feel out of the loop. I, I don't know the information I need to know. So I think that it's important to me because I would never want to feel that way to try to make it so no, nobody else feels that way, you know, to, to, to kind of ensure that everybody's kind of having the same positive experience on set that I'm having. And even if it's more energy than usual, even if it's more, you know, work than usual, that's the whole point is that we're all, it's a collaboration. We're all in it to have fun. You know, it's not, it's if it's the journey, it's not the destination, you know, or maybe it's yeah. a little bit of both, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's mostly the journey. Yeah. It's mostly the journey, you know. We, we, yeah, we all have something we want, we just, but we also want to enjoy getting there. Right. And I, I think that um, there is no destination because it, it, the destination, the more you closer you get to it, the farther it goes away, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's always the journey. There's never a destination. <laughs> the destination will never be reached until you die. But then... What do you got then? You got nothing. You got a, a empty void. I mean, that's that's what I believe. Or or the 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 alternate reality that our brain transcends into, and we you know we float above the the cloud of of perception and you know existence and into the ether. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what happens. <laughs> well, at the very least, you leave uh, the world uh, a little bit better. Absolutely, for your having been here, you know. And if the journey wasn't good, you wouldn't be doing that. That's what I'm saying. Mm, yeah, the journey has to be fulfilling, and you have to create lots of really cool things. Whether it's things that cure diseases, or entertain people, or you know, make people's lives better in some way. You know, we all. If whether we like it or not, are a burden on this planet. <laughs> we breathe our, its air. We poop in the toilet, which goes into the ocean eventually. We eat food and leave trash all over the place. We um, just take up space and pollute the environment with cars and, you know, annoy other people by existing. You know, just, you know, we... We are a burden, and the least you can do is be a better person, you know? Just, just try to counterbalance that, you know? Just try to, try to even that out because, you know, if you do nothing, then you're just shitty, you know? You're just, you're yeah. just a shitty person because <laughs> we're already a burden. So yeah. you got to kind of just balance it out by just doing an extra amount of good stuff. Right. See, dude, now you're you're really talking my language now. I, I, I'm I, I hate to be wrapping up now because I'm like, oh, we can we can, now we can talk about the <laughs> rainforest and the ocean and species extinction. Now we're getting into Trevorland. Uh, that's that's so true, man. And I think it's it's important to keep that in perspective too. Because at the end of the day, like, who was it we had on the podcast a while back? That I forget who it was, but they were like, guys. Like, we're making freaking movies. Like, come on. Like, stop taking shit so seriously. <laughs> like, there are, like, like, 200 species went extinct today. Do you know who they are? Like, nobody does. So, like, and we're making movies. So, like, come on. Like, back off the seriousness of it. It's just, we're, we're having fun. Right. So, um, anyway, I, I do want to wrap up with these last two questions. We ask these of all of our guests. And uh, I can't remember if we asked you way back in episode four. I don't even know if we had these questions at that point, but uh, I'll go ahead and ask because I'm sure they're different now uh, if you did answer them back then. And the first one is, um, did this journey, uh, this creative path, you know, I asked you earlier, like, why didn't you go into commercial real estate? Why did you choose this? Uh, do you think this path that you've chosen chose you or did it reach out? I'm sorry. Did you reach out and choose it? It chose me. For sure, there was nothing. There was nothing else I was going to do. Um, there's just nothing else I've been ever been satisfied doing. I just, you know, I've sold coffee. I've 
waited tables. I've sold toys. I've, um, you know, done things that, uh, you know, I've, I've, I worked as a graphic designer. Um, I worked, I was a drummer in a band that toured around the country, which was a, a paid gig for a year. Um, none of those things brought me the type of joy that creating, um, you know, an animation or a video or a movie or even a song, you know, creation, the, the process of creation, um, that has brought me the most joy. So I think that it chose me. Hmm. Non-negotiable. That's, uh, yeah. that's awesome. And then secondly, if you could distill all of your experience on this journey, this life journey, this creative journey, if you could take all of it and then condense it down into just one nugget of wisdom or advice to pass on to somebody also on this creative path or journey, what would that one nugget of advice or wisdom be? Hmm. One nugget. That's, that's a lot of pressure. Um, so many things I'd like to say. And the thing is, they're all equally important. So I think it's impossible. But I'll just say one of them. Um, be patient. Just be patient. You know? And um, I think the story of the tortoise and the hare is a very important story. And it is more important than we could have ever imagined. Because... You don't want to burn out and um, you want longevity in your life. And that's, that's what I've learned is be patient, keep chipping away, keep doing what you're doing, don't burn out, don't give up because if you want it, you just have to be patient and keep working at it. That's all I got to say. Hmm. That brings to mind, uh, in the slight edge, I think there's a chapter called Slow Down to Go Fast. Right. Uh, which has a little bit to do with planning, but also just the idea that, like, you got to just be in this for the long haul and, and have patience and trust that, that what you're doing is eventually going to pay off. Long-term thinking. Long-term thinking. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Duke, this has been amazing. Uh, if people want to find out more about what you do and your work, uh, com is the obvious place they can go, but um, you're on social media and YouTube as well, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm at Doug Bressler, D-O-U-G-B-R-E-S-L-E-R. And I'm also, uh, my Duke Tunes uh, site has social media as well, so it's D-O-O-G-T-O-O-N-S. And then also... Video Game Life, if you want a fun show that is a lot deeper than you'd think, then check it out. It's funny. It's out there. It's weird. And I have big, 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 big plans for it. So it's Video Game Life. Uh, If you go to videogamelife.co, you'll go right to the podcast and you can listen to the shows. Yeah, it is super fun, man. It was a real honor to be on the, an episode of that. Well, it was I can't on, wait, it was can't wait to see where it goes. Honor to have you, man, for sure. Well, thank you, man. And it's been an honor to have you back. Really, really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, and Trev. Um, I, I cannot wait to see what is in the months and years ahead for you because you, you are a guy who has bottomless talent and will not stop until he gets to where he's going. And as you pointed out, that uh, that getting to where you're going thing never ends. So uh, really excited to, to see what's next for you. Thank you, Trump. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed part two of my chat with Doug. Doug. Doug Tunes. Don't forget to check out his work at DougTunes.com. He's always up to some really cool stuff. Always coming up with new ideas and new creations. And it really is a, a joy and a pleasure and an honor to call him friend. 
and following his journey. Uh, since we are just moving right along here, I'll go ahead and uh, jump to picks of the week. AJ did send in a pick of the week, so here it is. My pick of the week this week is a TV show that was introduced to me by Jasmine. She happened to be watching it one day while I was uh, doing some chores, I think some cooking or something like that, and uh, I just got sucked in to an episode of Master of None that uh, was sort of like a standalone episode. Like, I didn't need to know anything about the rest of the series in order to get into this one episode, and that's kind of how the series is. Um, It doesn't really follow a formula or a lot of the traditions from, you know, other shows. It's unlike anything I've ever seen, and, and, and probably unlike anything most of our, our listeners have seen um, if they're anything like me huh anyway so uh, it was just it was really fascinating uh, great writing great characters um, interesting sort of like very real people in it and I can see now that I've had a chance to, to watch the show I can definitely see how it was nominated for and, and won uh, those Emmys. So uh, check it out, Master of None on Netflix. You know, that's a show I haven't seen yet. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. I remember Michelle Jubilee Gonzalez talking about that show uh, in our interview and how much she admires Aziz Ansari uh, for the work he does on that show. And um, it sounds cool, man. I, I'm, I'm all about the unconventional approaches to storytelling and it sounds like this skews more on that side of things than the standard way of telling the story so i'm looking forward to to digging into that my pick of the week is a book that really started me on a whole new path of of dietary nutritional philosophy and this book is called proteinaholic it's by a guy named dr garth davis he's a uh, former weight loss surgeon he was the one of those guys that would you know and install a lap band on people or, or put, you know, balloons in people's stomachs. I guess that's what the lap band is. And that's how he made his living. And then he basically, you know, started to really do the research and he found that, uh, to quote the subtitle of the book, our nation's obsession with protein is killing us. I've never been a big protein guy. I've always sort of skewed towards carbs. I've never thought they were a bad thing. This book really makes the case I really enjoyed the book, and I I really enjoy a doctor like him calling out the major medical establishments for propagating myths when there is a mountain of evidence to the contrary of what the sort of accepted norm is when it comes to protein requirements, um, nutritional requirements, uh, athletic performance, what causes disease, and things like that. Uh, Really, really, really enjoyed this book, and I I got it uh, via the Overdrive app. Um, from the library, so I listened to the audiobook version of it, and I thought that was just great. So check it out, Proteinaholic by Dr. Garth Davis. Whether you're, you know, vegan or would love to eat meat or whatever, I think you'll get a lot out of the book. So, so um, it's a book that's really uh, spurred me on a new, a whole new track of of nutritional um, exploration. I'm definitely exploring um, high carb, low fat diets that uh, with no, I'm just not even worrying about protein anymore. I'm probably going to discontinue protein supplements for now and just see what happens. And I'm going to really lean towards lots of fresh fruits and veggies uh, and cooked starches, especially at night. And I'm learning about food combining and the different enzymes that are required to break down certain foods in your stomach and why it's not intelligent to, to combine certain foods that we frequently combine. And I've been experimenting with this for a few days now. And I'm definitely noticing a lot less uh, stomach stress. I always just thought I had a sensitive stomach. But since I've been paying more attention to what foods I combine and when I eat them, I have uh, felt much lighter and not experienced any of the same stress that I used to after eating something. Um, so interesting stuff to be continued. So check those out. Master of None on Netflix and Proteinaholic by Garth Davis. Uh, Check it out at your library or via Amazon or Audible or wherever you get your books and audiobooks. And that does it for episode 290 of the podcast today. 
And of course, as always, it was produced and hosted by me and AJ. Jen Levin, of course, as always, is our production coordinator. Gidali Guberek helping us out with marketing and web direction. Deborah Smith managing our community. Grace Gordon totally rocking our Twitter and Instagram feeds. Fern Limbs logo is still going strong for the podcast. I love that logo. And uh, I went ahead and edited and mixed the episode today and composed uh, the theme and interview music as always. You can sign up for our weekly email dispatch and listen to all of our episodes over at our website, InsideActing.net. We're also on social media and pretty much anywhere you get your podcasts. Big thanks to our sponsors, Rehearsal Pro and VO2GoGo. You guys know VO2GoGo, right? The award-winning voiceover training system that has taught me everything I know and continues to pay dividends in my ever-unfolding voiceover career. Uh, it's also the winner of Backstage's Reader's Choice Award for Best Voiceover Training four years in a row. And if you are curious about voiceover, you can get started with the VO2GoGo.com curriculum for free. Just go to VO, the, the number two, gogo.com slash start uh, to access a free getting started in voiceover online class. And it'll help you not only um, see if you want to add voiceover to your acting portfolio, but it'll actually, you'll, you'll take away a lot of transferable uh, nuggets of wisdom and advice and strategies that you can move to your on-camera career as well. So check it out. VO, the number two, gogo.com slash start. And also, of course, a big thanks to you guys, our listeners. We are a largely, largely, largely listener-supported podcast. So uh, you guys make this thing happen every week. Thank you so much. You know who you are. If you have contributed in any way, shape, or form over the years, we know who you are. Thank you so very much. You can visit our website to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, get links to everything we've talked about uh, in this particular episode and all the other episodes. And of course, if you'd like to chip in, you can support us uh, continuing to produce this thing with either a one-time financial contribution, no strings attached, any amount that you desire, no uh, amount is too small or too large. Uh, Or you can chip in on an ongoing basis uh, as a monthly member for $7 a month. Visit us at insideacting.net to learn more and to show us a little bit of love. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.